Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat. It is your number one source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. My name is Andy. Sitting directly next to me, here at the bedroom table, the famous bedroom table, is Jenny. Hello. And 116 miles to our southwest, it's Megan. Yeah, I'm just at my desk. It's not a bedroom master. Table recapper herself megan who was not here last week i had to go solo bolo <laughs> and crank out a 37 minute up and it went fine i think it went fine that makes me feel like i really stretch it the listeners might think otherwise well we had less than we have in a long time <laughs> huh, wonder oh, why. No. <laughs> oh no yeah so you know it's like they told their friends <laughs> Which, in some ways, that's kind of fun, right? Because uh, good or bad, word of mouth is happening, right? Yeah, we're doing like, it. No, don't worry about it. The elite, the elite beat. It ain't it this week. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> even bother. Wait till Megan comes back. Ugh, I like to, I like to believe I bring in the audience, but I don't know that that's true. We're a team here. We are a team here, and as a team, we always celebrate with the elite beat. Pop of the week. Well. Has been drinking Jenny. Has a diet Dr. Pepper to hopefully make it through this show. DDP. We went to uh to dinner beforehand and I had a couple margaritas and I'm 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 crashing on the sugar, so I need a little pick me up with my <laughs> DDP. All right. Uh big same. So here is my diet Coca-Cola. Oh no! I trimmed my nails today. Can you, can you <laughs> yeah, get my... I can open yours. Thank you. I don't have nails either. I can just my finger just can get underneath it. I don't think you're actually supposed to use your fingernail to you open have, a pop can. You have daintier fingers than I no, do. No, I do not. I have undainty fingers. Well, I don't want to have an argument about this. So, Megan, <laughs> what have you got so down weird. down Cincinnati way? I also have been drinking, and I'm just going to continue riding the wave of drinking, and it is my boxed wine. It's a Boda Box. Hi, Boda Box. Uh, that's the Boda Box sound we've all come to know and love. So, I think your Boda Box has hell of a le- lot less sugar than our margaritas did, because I'm feeling the sugar crash. Like, I don't feel drunk at all, but I feel a sugar crash. Um. Yeah, it's hard because, like... Wine doesn't really, like, tell you any sort of nutritional information, probably because it's not, like, nutritionally sound. So I can't tell you how much sugar is in this here Boda Box. But it's a Cabernet, um, so it's not, like, a particularly sweet type of wine. So I got to assume it's it's less than a margarita. Sugar-free. I don't know that I'd say that, but it's definitely less <laughs> than a margarita. <laughs> well, cheers, everyone. For another Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Okay, let's get into some stuff. We've got... What do we we usually do? Do we do ratings first? Do we usually do ratings first? We normally do news first. All right. We started off excitingly. Yeah, is there any drama? Yeah, tell us the goss. Spill some tea. So the goss is that... Uh, Tony Khan gave an interview to the New York Post, that rag, uh, <laughs> last week, and he was asked about Forbidden Door, and essentially, 
What was he asked about, about a Furbindor? Um, well, he was asked, like, what's the chance Forbidden Door gets done in Japan? Oh, yeah. Mm. And he said, the idea of doing an event over there with AEW stars and New Japan stars is very potentially interesting. But if it happens, it won't be Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door is going to stay in North America. It wouldn't make sense with the time zones, the revenue. But but why not have a companion show? Because the door goes both ways, you know, like... Right. One side of the door I, is America, the other side is New Japan. So, so okay. agreed. I have a little bit of I have a little bit of dirt on this situation. Oh shit! Okay. That I've uh, seen in the dark corners of Twitter. Oh, somewhere you don't want to be. Mm-mm. Tony Khan, Tony Khan might not be able to go to Japan. That might be what is it like the crux what? of this issue? What do you mean? But, uh, that sounds word, so shady. What is. do now, you not, mean? Not like, not like. He can't like, go to Japan legally. He has legally. arrest warrants out no. of Japan? No. Just listen. Word is, there was a business deal with the big man, Shahid, uh, that went down with, I don't know if it was with the Japanese government or like just like a big corporation in Japan that did not go well. And uh, the Khan family might be persona non grata in glorious Nippon. When did that happen? Oh, my when God. Did- that happen years ago okay so it's not recent no no but it is the reason that he sent like chris harrington over to japan in at the tokyo dome in 2019 to like try to like make those negotiations with new japan and didn't go himself huh yeah because there might be trouble if a con goes to japan wow like yakuza trouble i don't know about that if I were him, I would just go over and say, like, no, I am a relative of the great Okan. So it's a different con. <laughs> if I were him, I would go there and say, look what I did. Forbidden Door is so cool. <laughs> like, can we just uh, ignore the, m- what my dad did? Go over in his PJ. It won't I even find him. I don't know. I just think, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know for sure that this is true. But I do think it's interesting that Tony Khan has not been to Japan in the entire time that AEW has existed. Wow, that is so shady. Shad, he lends all the cars to the production, but he's really, really holding his son back as far as talent acquisition. No, those were Japanese cars, apparently. No, it was a Ford. <sighs> the Moxley truck was a Ford. Um, other news, uh, on Talk is Jericho last Friday, Chris Jericho talked about his health scare that had, uh, if you guys remember when yeah, he was in over England. in England, um, he had a pulmonary embolism. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's so scary. It, yes. He, he said, I did have what is called a pulmonary embolism back in December. And I found out when I was in London. Um, and for those who don't know, a pulmonary embolism is a blood clot that travels to lung, the lungs, and restricts blood flow. <laughs> so he just, he was having a situation where he just, like, kept finding himself short of breath. Yeah. And, like, he didn't have, he was just thinking, like, well, I mean, he had put on weight. He was up to, like, you know, like, I think he said, I forget what he said, but he had put on weight. He was heavier than he'd been before. And he said, like, but it's not affecting my wrestling, like, as far as my wind, you know. And now I'm noticing on stage during this tour that I'm like having trouble getting my breath. 
and yeah, he had a uh, he had a pulmonary embolism, and he started having problems walking because he just he said he said to quote him he said it felt like he was walking up a mountain um, oh whenever he was yeah he said I get to the hospital and I can barely walk walking across the lobby to get to the car to go to the hospital's real task it was terrifying um, so then he did a CT scan and his lungs were filled with blood clots oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah, I don't like filled with blood no. clots. That's a horrible descriptor. Yes, yeah. Uh, he had to be put on oxygen uh, at one point. Uh, he so he wasn't allowed to leave the hospital because his his oxygen levels weren't his blood oxygen levels weren't where they wanted them to be. And uh, was he in England still? Or yeah. okay, so he did because I was going to say I don't think you're supposed to fly with stuff no, like that going no. on. No, so, so they they let him leave the hospital. So he went back to the Hard Rock Hotel in London, which is where he was staying, because of course he was. <laughs> and and uh, and so he stayed there, and he had to stay there until his like blood oxygen levels got back to normal. Oh God! Okay. Yeah, and he lost thirty-two pounds so far since then. Which I mean, I mean, obviously he looks great now. Yeah. But um, yeah. So and that was that was in in an effort to try to like kind of you know get himself back, but uh, but yeah, he was. Uh, That's so scary. And he was told that I guess they did some like genetic work, and he was told he had a, a hereditary gene that could contribute to blood clots. Okay. Yeah. Ugh, that's no fun. No, not at all. So. I'm feeling a little short of breath right now. You don't have um, that gene. You don't we have had the our gene. Genetic test done. Yeah. And you don't have COVID, so just calm down. Everybody can breathe here. Sometimes when I feel short of breath, I think about it really hard, and then I make myself short of breath. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I'm like, I am being an idiot. <laughs> like, like <laughs> it definitely, if I don't think about breathing, it just works. So, <laughs> uh, Dave Meltzer reported in the Observer last week, the newsletter, that the uh, there has been communication between... AEW and stardom uh, about doing a show and there's no arrangement now, but we are told to expect something. That'd be exciting. He -hmm. noted that stardom is interested in having some of AEW talents work there, including Tony storm. Uh, And obviously we all know stardom is owned by Bushi road who also owns new Japan pro wrestling. So there's already a. So stardom wants to work with Tony storm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I would be very up for a big, like, AEW stardom, like, pay-per-view or something. Yeah, Me too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, there, t- Tony Khan was, uh, someone tweeted at Tony Khan last week on the 8th. Uh-oh. said, hey, Tony Khan, so I guess you've given up on Penelope Ford. <sighs> Hashtag AEW Rampage. Was it Kipsy? <laughs> With a box on his head? It was not. Um, and Tony Khan responded, as he's wont to do, not at all. Total opposite, in fact. She's a great wrestler, and I can't wait until she's medically cleared to come back. She's been in some classic AEW matches, and hopefully she'll be in many more. So this was the first uh, acknowledgement that apparently Penelope Ford has a medical issue. And is out of action. 
Yeah, we haven't seen her on Dynamite or Rampage for a very long time, it feels like. I don't even think she's posted on Instagram in a while. Oh, okay. maybe she's that hurt that she can't take a sweet pick. Says she was last seen defeating Angelica Risk on a mid-January edition of Dark. Oh, gosh. I didn't, I didn't realize that she was, she'd was she been out that long. That's a tough way to go out, but... Um, Outside really, out of mind, I guess. I really can't remember. Was the last time she was on Dynamite, like, sometime around that uh, street fight? The last thing I remember her doing is that street fight, which was on Rampage, right? Oh, was it? It was on Rampage, wasn't it? was like it? a late December Rampage, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I genuinely don't remember anything with her after that. Yeah. So we wish her the best and hope she comes back soon. Jenny, yeah. any any recent social media activity from the... I guess she posted on, uh, like, a week ago. Okay. Does she look, like, sick? No. Okay. Maybe she's, no. Maybe she's getting healthy. Yeah, no obvious, like, neck brace or something? No. <laughs> is Kip Sabian present, or is he just also dead to the world at this point? I mean, you know he's at ringside every single show, right? Yeah, but, like, <laughs> I don't... It's kind of like, are you... Is there a component to that gimmick somewhere else that I'm missing? Because no. if it's just him showing up in the crowd with a box on his head and never, ever at any point showing it's him. I mean, yes, the Internet has figured out it's him. But, like, it seems like kind of a miss. Like, you're missing something. Like, you're showing up with a box on your head. But by not revealing who you are or doing anything significant to push that st- forward, like, you're just a guy with a box on his head. And I like Kip Sabian. I'm just confused about what he's trying to do. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I can't. I can't help you there. But uh, there isn't. As far as I know, there is no other aspect of this that you're missing. I'm just okay. so shocked that like, why didn't they just like not renew his contract if they well, weren't going to do anything? With so, him? so it just occurred to me though, if Penelope has been hurt since January, maybe they're waiting for her to come back to like relaunch them together. Power uh, couple. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because they're definitely better together. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. it. I love how she's the one who basically is wearing the pants in that. Yeah, like, no, it's great. She's the wrestling star. Relationship. He's, the, he's like the manager. It's, I mean, I think that's a yeah. great dynamic for them. I'm into it. Uh, here's some exciting news that Jenny does not know about. Uh-oh. Tokyo Joshi Pro's, uh, Josh, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling's Miyu Yamashita has earned a future shot at the AEW Women's World Championship. Yamashita put herself in line for a shot at the championship by defeating Thunder Rosa in a non-title match at TJPW's Summer Sun Princess 2022 event on Saturday. Yeah, I saw that. You saw that? It was on Dynamite last night. It was? It was. There was a brief clip. Oh, I I remember the pack clip. I didn't remember that there was the Yamashita clip. Okay, well, that's great. All right, well, yeah, then this is completely useless. (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) That's exciting. Um, Breaking all the news here. (laughs) Yeah, okay, well, there you go. They're going to have a title match. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, pursuant to the other uh, title that is being defended other places or used other places, uh, Pac's going to have the second title defense of his All-Atlantic title at the OTT promotion in Dublin, Ireland uh, against a wrestler named LJ Cleary. At OTT's Poetry Slam. That's what the name of the event is. Oh my. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're just continuing to use that 
title it seems like is like a like kind of like pack touring around Europe defending it, which is I think is fun. Is there any chance that he actually loses it off of Dynamite or Rampage? Um, to, I guess to a different promotion because that that's who he's defending it against. I would say, I mean, unless it's somebody like Shota Umino who there is like sign of a relationship with that he already beat Shota Umino. So if he has a defense against somebody like that who has like an affiliation, I could see it, but he ain't losing to some guy named LJ Cleary in Ireland. <laughs> no, I didn't think so. Yeah. Just curious if that was, uh, if you thought that was a possibility at all, like, uh, like we hear on Dynamite one week. Oh my gosh, Pack has lost that title, and you know, some the person who wins, who won it, is going to like show up and and do stuff. Um, otherwise, it doesn't seem like there's much risk to him defending it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli gave an interview to Sports Illustrated, and uh, it was very wide-ranging but one of the things he said uh is that once he left wwe he knew exactly where he wanted to go and he knew exactly what he wanted and he just didn't know if it would happen but he's grateful for the time off because uh it let him take a mentally break take a break mentally and recharge and and come back better so uh he was actually supposed to be part of a he was he'd been training for a powerlifting competition that was going to be uh, June 27th, the day after Forbidden Door. And when Brian Danielson, when it became clear that he was not going to be able to make that match with Zack Sabre Jr., Tony Khan called him and said, hey, can you, you know, can you do this for us? And he said, all right, yeah, I am, I am committed to AEW. Can so. you stop powerlifting and come throw yeah. this small man around? <laughs> Put those weights down. <laughs> Uh, in other news, uh, Jim Ross on his podcast, the uh, Grilling with JR, he said that uh, his move to the second hour of Dynamite and Rampage was a Tony Khan decision. He said, I was coming out before the show and I was doing all of Dynamite and then the reception was humbling. Fans are glad to see me and they express themselves. The reception has been really good. So he thought the show... He thought in the middle of the show, speaking of Dynamite, needed a boost, so I became the booster. So I come out in the middle of the show, still going to call the main event or main events. Then we all take a bathroom break with the crew and so forth, and we go right into taping Rampage. <laughs> what a weird look behind the scenes. What a strange boost. He's, you know, to, a, to, a, to an entire generation of fans, he is, he is, he is the voice of their childhood. I just don't get it. I, it's just because I don't have the nostalgia. I just don't get it. He you know does what, get though? people hyped, though. You know, it's interesting, though. Mm. You also don't have the nostalgia for Tony Schiavone, and you get Tony Schiavone's appeal. Yeah. Tony Schiavone is magical. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, he said, I don't I didn't have any issues with it at all. Um just keeping me fresh and special and trying to give Rampage a little boost commentary-wise. Rampage did not need the commentary boost. Uh, Rampage needed something. As long as Jericho is not on Rampage commentary, I don't care who it is. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So that's the JR story, and we've talked a little bit about that. But uh, uh, And finally, um, unfortunately, and I guess I could have saved this for later, but I'll just go ahead and say now, Matt Jackson suffered a stinger. 
and not the a stinger. Uh, and the AEW tag team title match. And that does uh. not mean Sting came down to the ring and and uh, beat him up. It means that uh, he uh, he hurt his neck. Take it just taking like a simple double suplex from uh, Swerve and and Keith Lee. Oh no! Yeah, Brian Alvarez reported that this uh, this morning. He said he said like three, four, five minutes into the match, Matt gets a stinger. Oh my god, that's terrible. It's funny because like uh, he went on to say, and Brian Alvarez, of course, like former wrestler and occasionally still dabbles, but so he kind of knows what he's talking about. He said this is one of those things where people talk about toning down because there are so many injuries, but dude, I'm telling you, eighty percent of these injuries are on things that nobody should ever get hurt doing. And it's just, it's just stupid little things that just happen because that's how life is. Suplex is like the, one of the like foundational moves, right? Like everybody does them. (laughs) But the way he landed, he hit, he landed on his ass and then that caused his head to snap back and hit the canvas. So I hate that. Yeah. So that's unfortunate, but but, uh, that's okay. Uh, okay, let's talk about Rampage ratings. Then we're going to talk about Rampage. This is Rampage, baby. This is Rampage, baby. Friday Night's AEW Rampage averaged 428,000 viewers on TNT, down 11.9% from the previous week's Royal Rampage episode. So, obviously, the Royal Rampage was a draw. Yeah, but you you can't have a... Can't have a royal rampage every week. No, you cannot. You can't travel around with that two rings set up all the time. Uh, uh, in the 18 to 49 demo, Rampage finished 10th on the cable charts with a 0.15 rating, down only 6.3% from last week. So uh, that's actually not too bad. Um, I remember a few weeks ago when things were really rough, they were, weren't like, remember they were like scratching into just scratching to get in the top 25. So yeah, it this was is, real this bad. Is better. Yeah, this is definitely better. But uh, it's a shame, honestly, because I thought that Rampage was pretty a damn good. Did you get a chance to watch that Rampage, Megan? I watched everything. Yes, that's good. Did you watch? Did you even watch like Dynamite from last week? I did. Holy shit! Look wow, at you. Wow, Megan. Did you have any dynamite thoughts from last week that we should, that you want to say? Express? Oh, they've they've all been washed away by rampage in this week's dynamite. <laughs> I could not tell you. I could not recall unless you told me what happened on that show. I'm trying to think of what the main event of, of dynamite was last week. I remember thinking it was really good. Like I enjoyed it. I wasn't upset that I went back to watch it. I just I, I have no idea what it was. I cannot bring it to. I cannot recall it. Which is, yeah. I, oof, what a, a sad testament to my aging brain. <laughs> like, yeah. Man. Yeah, no idea. All right. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> there's uh, no way to know. There's no way to know. But we do know about AEW Rampage for June 10th. No. It's July. July. <laughs> we, time is meaningless. This is the multiverse. Time. Just everybody it's give an, up calendars. It's an illusion. <laughs> Lunchtime, doubly so. Was it the 10th? Yeah, because today's the 14th. We're on oh, Thursday. We're recording on Thursday, so it's the 14th. No, so it would have been the 8th. It would have been July. Oh my 8th. gosh, I'm so bad at this. 
Sorry, it I just was, need to find. I just need to find a format. I remember it was good. Um, it was very good. And I was glad I watched. Uh, but yeah, like my brain is fried from wrestling, and uh, I watched so much of it this weekend. Well, they were in Rochester. Yes, and people were hyped. People were hyped because the opening match was the start of uh, Konosuke Takeshita's big week as he wrestled Eddie Kingston, and they had an awesome match. And uh, Takeshita did lose to the back fist, but it was like one of those really hard-hitting Eddie Kingston matches where you go back and forth and back and forth and hit each other with huge moves and suplexes and big strike exchanges and... And you can tell just Eddie's just living out his like teenage Japanese tape watching fantasies in these uh, <laughs> in these matches. Uh, I loved this. I love Takeshita. I think um, we'll talk about it, but I think he needs to get a big win soon. Yeah, he can't just be showing up to let the bigger guys beat him up. You know, yeah. like yeah. as good as he is at that, um, I don't think it's fair to him because he fucking rules. Yeah, he's really good, and they've got him for like eight more months, I think, so... Oh, damn, okay. So they should do something with him, and uh, yeah, so that was the opener, and it was great, and I believe that it was the strength of this match that caused Tony Khan to make the match for Dynamite with him and Moxley. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I think, because that was like, because they didn't announce that until, like, the weekend. Right. So, it wasn't like one, it wasn't a match that was ready to be announced on Rampage, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, Eddie wins. Uh, backstage, Chris Statlander and Athena are, uh, you know, cutting a little promo on Jade Cargill and how she's afraid of them and won't give them TBS title matches. And, it's true. Uh, and to that I say, she issued an open challenge. And y'all didn't step up. I think that's what Stokely Hathaway says, actually. I think I that's his Stokely argument. <laughs> no, he talked about that the week before. Yeah, I mean, I think that was his argument. And uh, it does make sense. Like, uh, somebody could probably step up unless there's something else going on preventing them from it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we get a Hook video package, which was a bait and switch because we got a graphic that said, next, we hear from Hook. We did not hear from Hook at all. It was just like a highlight reel. I mean, that's more that than you're going to hear from like out of his mouth. So that's true. Yes, I will say <laughs> it was better than the actual Hook segment we got on Dynamite. <laughs> uh, next up, we get the Gates of Agony with uh, with Tully Blanchard of Tully Blanchard Enterprises against the unlikely team of Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty. Yeah. And this is one of those matches where one guy works, one babyface works the whole match and gets beat up a lot. And because of circumstances, he can never quite make the tag. And finally, he's able to make the tag. And then his partner just like steps away from the tag and is like, good, I hope you die. Wow. I was so upset. I like I don't even know, I don't even know why I was invested, but I was just like, "You son of a bitch!" Lee Moriarty has gotten his ass kicked for like ten minutes now. How dare you walk away from him? Yeah. So the gates of agony. They do finish him off because he's just one man. And uh, yeah, 
we find out that uh, Jonathan Gresham has turned heel and he is part of Tully Blanchard Enterprises now. So Tully's just like, but his enterprises like are kind of, they're not, they're not on the dynamite. <laughs> like to me, they feel like an ROH slash YouTube television show sort of <laughs> deal. Yeah. Is that fair? Okay. Well, you know, it's going to be on pay-per-view next Saturday. Yeah, but an ROH pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, no, that's totally fair. I, uh, th- I mean, you know, good for Tully. He, 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 he's wrangled himself the Ring of Honor world champion within like a couple months of going over there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess so. If you're going to um, get fired by FTR, <laughs> sure, uh, get a champ on your team, Ring of Honor yeah. or otherwise. And honestly, Jonathan Gresham should be a heel with that like cool ass squid mask. Yeah, I don't get why that's part of his gimmick, but I think it looks awesome. Or oct- I guess it's an octopus mask, but still, it's, it it looks friggin' cool. And but it's something a heel should wear. Yeah, octopus it looks scary. It's a type of squid, right? Maybe. Is it like a rectangle square? Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is the squid the square in the octopus? Jane's gonna look it up. I think yeah. the squid is the rectangle. All squitter. No way. I, I don't know. I'm, guys, I am making this up. I have no Regardless, idea. Regardless, that mask looks real cool, but also real scary in a way that's like, yeah, you should probably be like a a monster guy. Yeah. Um, we find out later that this week on Rampage, as in tomorrow, as we're recording this, uh, Gresham will defend the Ring of Honor world title against Lee Moriarty, which, to which I say, that makes sense. Because I knew that they were doing stuff with those two. And I just kept thinking, like, you can't, this can't be Gresham's pay-per-view title defense, right? I mean, no offense to Lee Moriarty, but he's he's never really won <laughs> in AEW. So I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe Claudia steps up and challenges uh, Gresham for that. Oh, damn. Spot. Okay. And loses, because he's not going to be a Ring of Honor guy. But... I just think I, I'm trying to think like who who makes sense, and I think Claudia makes sense for that. Guys, I'm sure everyone was on the like edge of their seat about this. Yes, but uh, squid and octopus are part of the same group of animal. Uh, they're part of the group of the marine mollusk animal, but they are oh, not the same thing. Mollusks, okay. okay. Yes. So they're like yeah. genetic cousins. They are cousins. Okay. Cool. Um. So my only thought with Claudio, your proposal, it sounds great, except he hasn't lost yet. And like, I think it'd be kind of sad to to lose so soon because he's not going to get that title. Right. Like, no, no, I think you keep it. Well, I don't know. Actually. hmm. Do you think the BCC needs an ROH title in their mix? (laughs) They already have one. They have the pure title. Oh, that's true. I keep attributing that to New Japan for some reason. What? <laughs> I don't know. He, he went to Japan and he came back with this title. <laughs> I guess it's true. <laughs> it does seem like those two things went together, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eddie Kingston is backstage and he talks about how awesome Takeshita is. And uh, then he challenges Chris Jericho to a barbed wire match. Barbed wire everywhere. Yeah, because he is going to uh, avenge his buddy Ruby Soho. And uh, I think Ruby should have just moved her hand. 
Yeah, she really <laughs> placed it right in the way. And I was like, Ruby, step away from the car. Just You just fall the other way. Yeah. Uh, then we had Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez teaming up again for some reason against Kayla Sparks and Christina Marie. And Deeb and Martinez dominate again as they did the week before. Uh, but this time, after Serena Deeb makes one of them tap out to the Serenity Lock, I think Christina Marie, uh, Serena turns on Mercedes and puts her in the Serenity Lock. So that is obviously... We know now that those two are going to wrestle at the ROH pay-per-view. And I think, I think they should put the title on Serena Deeb. I do too, because man, she's been doing some work and she just cannot get a title. And I think, I think she should. I don't know if the timing was right for her and uh, Sheeta to take that title, but Serena has been working her ass off. Give her some sort of gold, please. Something. I think she's more over than Mercedes Martinez. I think she's a better wrestler than Mercedes Martinez. And uh, yeah, I just think yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a good spot for her. I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm not against it. Serena Deeb, professor or professor of professional wrestling. So, and we need we need to de-emphasize Mercedes Martinez on AEW television. Why? Because. We're getting a real Mercedes here pretty soon. What? Mercedes Vernado. I don't know who that is. It's boss time, baby. Don't know who that is. Sasha Banks. Really? Her name's Mercedes Vernado, which might be an even better name than Sasha Banks. I don't know. Sasha Banks did a lot with that name. Yeah. <laughs> she obviously wouldn't be allowed to keep it, though, if she came here. No, no, but she will. She her real name is Mercedes. So you think we're actually getting here? Yes, I I think. Here's what I think. You remember last year at All Out, we got the double debut. We got Daniel. We got Danielson, and we got Cole. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to do the same thing at this All Out. We're getting Paige, and we're getting Sasha Banks. Wait, but why would we get Paige? Paige can't wrestle anymore. Paige can wrestle. Like WWE won't clear. That's not the same thing as not being able to wrestle. Is her neck, like, cool? I thought she jacked her neck. She did, but she's also done, like, tons of rehab and hasn't wrestled in, like, four years. Is her drug stuff in check? Yes. Is she all good there? Okay, yes. Good. That was really hard to see that one season. I know. I know it was. Of Total anyway. is what she's referring to, not yeah, any sort of wrestling show. <laughs> but that's what I think. All out, we're getting, we're getting another big double debut, but this time it's ladies... I love that concept. I hope it happens. Yeah. They need like like a big exciting get in the the ladies um roster. This will be good. And then yeah. they need to carve out more than one match slot uh, for them to do things in because we're just build if if that's the case, those that's two powerhouses coming onto the ladies roster and you're not gonna just put them on dark, are you? Because that'd be a waste. That. Such a waste. All right, that takes us to our main event of the evening with Orange Cassidy versus Tony Nice, the premier athlete. And this actually, I, I'm like, I'm I'm in the like I like Tony Nice camp, 
But this went a little long for me for a match where I never for one second had a doubt of who was going to win in the end. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, I didn't buy into any of Tony Issa's near falls. And, uh, and obviously Orange gets the win. Um, it was well wrestled, but they didn't make me believe. Not like not like Orange's match on Dynamite, for instance. Yeah, I mean, it's like Orange Cassidy is a character where I don't I don't think he's ever going to lose unless it's it's a really high stakes match that doesn't make sense for him to win. I even was like, oh shit, are they going to take that TNT title away from Wardlow so quickly because that seems unfair? Um, but yeah, Tony Nese, I. I don't mind Tony Nese. I I love his um, confidence, I guess is what I would say. But he just, uh, I don't think he's going to beat Orange Cassidy. You have to give him somebody a little, a little more like in his tier to beat. And it's not Orange Cassidy. It is not Orange Cassidy. And it wasn't Orange Cassidy. Of course not. It's the win with the orange punch. And that, my friends, was Rampage. Oh, I have a trivia note on that Rampage. So the the main event, Tony Nese versus Orange Cassidy, was 15 minutes long. And that was longer than the combined lengths of every match that was on that night's SmackDown. <laughs> oh my god, that's horrifying. Wait, they only had 15 minutes of wrestling on SmackDown? Is, what, less is that what you're saying? Minutes. Slightly less than 15, in fact. What were they doing on SmackDown? Who the fuck knows? Is it, wait, SmackDown, is SmackDown still two hours, or did it increase to three? Still two. Okay, but still, I mean, I'm not saying that's, like, great to only have 15, well, less than 15 minutes on a two-hour show, but it would be appalling if that was a three-hour show. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, anyway, I thought that was fun trivia, though. Wow, that's... Um, what a ringing endorsement for SmackDown. I do like that often happen now, or is that, was that like an outlier? I think that was an outlier because I hadn't heard that called out before. Um, but I do think it's interesting. I mean, I think that, I think that Rampage most, if not every week has more wrestling on it than SmackDown does. Even though it's only an hour. Yeah. Because just because like AEW is like kind of like getting, get out. We we're going to have three, maybe four matches on Rampage. Like, and they're all going to get time. Yeah. Yeah. And Rampage is like AEW is just, you know, like wrestling. It's more about wrestling than WWE is. So you're always going to get that. But I don't know. I just thought that was wild that one match um, (laughs) eclipsed all of their, uh, all of their wrestling time on Smacka down. I do. It's, it, it is, like sometimes like my friends uh, mostly one friend in particular will like try to talk to me about WWE. I know and, you're talking about. Yeah, you do. And most of the time I just, tr- I try not to say anything too negative because I really don't know what's going on there. Like I hear, you know, I, I hear stuff, I hear recaps and, but I don't watch any of it, but so I don't really have like a great a I don't really have an opinion on what WWE's product is like now, but when I hear something like that, when I hear a stat like that, it's like, why would I ever watch that show? <laughs> God. Yeah. It's just like, what's the rest of it filled with dumb skits and extended promos that are probably too long for what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Like, like SummerSlam is happening at the end of this month and it's like a big stadium show and we have Peacock. God knows we have Peacock. And we'll never get rid I could, of Peacock. <laughs> I could very easily watch it, but I'm, I'm and I might because it's SummerSlam because it's a big show. But I'm I'm just sitting here thinking right now. I'm thinking like probably not. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's 
it's not too compelling. Yeah, yeah. It's a Saturday night. Like, I'd probably rather just watch a movie with you guys, like usual. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it's weird. Anyway, uh, that was Rampage. Uh, Megan, if uh, you'll allow me, I will uh, tell you guys about the Dynamite rating. Hell yeah. And then we can get into uh, your Dynamite recap. I just have the Rampage song stuck in my head. This This is is Rampage, Rampage, baby. It's a show y'all been waiting for. I may have added the baby. I don't know if that's actually in the thing. No, it has baby in it. It Okay. All right. But it's not Bay Bay. It's not Bay Bay. It's not Rampage Bay Bay. This is from F4WOnline.com. Wednesday's Fighter Fest Night One Edition of AEW Dynamite averaged 942,000 viewers on TBS, down 3.8% from the Aww. previous week. It is the lowest total audience for the show since June 22nd. Uh, but Dynamite once again topped the cable charts with a 0.32 rating in the 18 to 49 demo down 11.1% from last week. Uh, that ties Dynamite's fourth lowest mark of the year to date, but it was still nearly 25% ahead of the second place show on cable last night. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I looked at the chart and yeah, it was like, it was a 0.32 and whatever housewives is on, on Wednesdays <laughs> now was a 0.26. And it's just like, I think it's Beverly Hills. I guess people just don't watch TV in the summer. <laughs> I guess now that like COVID is like over or like people are just said like, Oh, we just have to live with it. Um, like people are going out again because I think, I think the difference is the last couple summers, people were still being, especially that first summer, mm-hmm. people were still being more cautious. So I think, I think we're finally seeing like normal summer TV viewing habits again. I guess call me I an old fogey. No one young is gonna call me that because that's old fogey talk. But like, let's call you a boomer. Yeah, I'm a no. I'm millennial. <laughs> Just like no, but it doesn't one. matter. Boomer has lost all meaning. Anybody who is like older than anyone else is now a boomer. Okay, I'm a boomer. Ooh, bleh, I hate it. Um, but like, <laughs> this is Wednesday night. I I, I get like. Oh, nobody's watching Rampage because it's summer on a Friday night. But, like, what are people doing on a Wednesday? Don't you have work the next day? Don't kids have school? Like, why? Yeah. when did kids Wednesday out, become a big summer party day? Kids are out playing in their backyard. Yeah, the, yeah. the parents still have work. Yeah. I, I've just lost touch with all social things, I guess. Because, um, you know, I don't, like, go to bed at 9 o'clock on a Wednesday. But I don't leave my home. oh us either we do not leave our home like it's it's middle of the week like but you know you know what though jenny a lot of nights we'll sit out on our patio until it gets dark yeah and it doesn't get dark until like nine Nine. o'clock yeah but i'm still watching my ipad on the patio yeah i get that i'm just like i guess i was picturing like people are out doing stuff on a wednesday like i don't leave my home Here's 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 what uh, probably reinforces my my thought on this. Dynamite was down from last week in every single demo category, with the exception of people over forty nine. A fifty. Hell yeah, my spiritual people. I'm not over fifty, but clearly I'm living that lifestyle. Uh, yes, the biggest drop came in the eighteen to thirty four age group. Uh, where Dynamite was down 32% from last Ooh. week. 
Oh God, I'm not in that demo either. Like in reality, my lost demo of I guess 35 to 50. That's <laughs> like, where are we? What did we? What were we doing? <laughs> I don't know, but like, I say it every week. As long as they're number one on the night, then I don't think they need to worry. I I guess that's true. Like if you're doing so well that like your worst night is still pretty good. Yeah. Like what's what's TBS going to do? Cancel the number one show on on, like on Wednesdays? No. True. True. That's a good point. uh, I'll be in my house. I won't be watching it. That's the irony is I very rarely actually watch it in real time, but I'm still confused by people partying on a Wednesday night. Now, as we head into your Dynamite recap, you did watch it almost like you kind of watched it real time-ish last night, right? Um, Yes, I watched it delayed because uh, my living habit, um, I live with somebody who works late and does night school. And so uh, we dinner, I think, beyond Jenny's threshold, we eat at like 7, 730. <laughs> like, so That's uh, like a normal threshold. Andy and I eat early. I, I don't think it's normal. I think it's a little, it's on the late side, but I've gotten used to it. So I come to Dynamite kind of after I've, we finished dinner and I've cleaned up. And so I'm not hitting it any earlier than 8.30. So yeah, I was on a bit of a delay, but I was like, you know what? I can still watch this and not be up past midnight. <laughs> yeah. God, listening to myself, I am, young me would kick my ass. <laughs> What is happening? But yeah, if if I can uh, get get in and out on that show before midnight, I'll, I'll watch it. So, all right, Megan, what time do you eat lunch typically? Mm, like eleven thirty. That's a long wait for your dinner. There's a vast sea of uh, hunger in the afternoon, and sometimes I eat a lot of cheese hits, and sometimes I just suffer. Sometimes I have candy. I have the mentality of an eighty year old, but. Also, sometimes I'm a 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I make it. But, yeah, it's um, it's not a smart decision on my part, my meal planning. This is this is me. This is who I am. Laid out bare on this here podcast. <laughs> I think it's impressive that you cook every night. Well, thank you. I, uh, I don't think the person I cook for does. Uh, but she's my sister, so I guess I can't be too mad. But... <laughs> Some real lack of appreciation there. That's all I'm saying. She'll never listen to this. She might hear you though. From she she her. is a little eavesdropper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I did watch the show uh, semi live. You know, I wasn't quite in the same place the live stream was, but I watched it, and uh, it is coming to us from Savannah, GA, this week. I think this is a new place for them. Uh, the end market arena. I don't believe we've been here before. Yeah, I think this was I think this was a new venue. So that's exciting. I think the crowd was happy about it. Um, we opened the show with the man we were talking about previously, Orange Cassidy. He is challenging Wardlow for the TNT championship. Um, Tony Khan put two beloved characters up against each other, and the crowd seemed to really struggle with who they were supposed to root against in this match. Um Luckily, Wardlow was willing to to play a little when Orange did his gimmick and, you know, did his slow kicks and his hands in his pockets and stuff. And overall, it was very fun. Um, Orange was not able to get the win or the TNT title away from Wardlow, but he did get to do a lot of his moves. And he was the first one officially to ever kick out of Wardlow's F10. Mm-hmm. So he didn't look like a weak 
boy, but he did lose. Um, and also, like, to that, Wardlow was not able to do his full powerbomb symphony. He just got a single powerbomb in and then took the win from there because I don't think he he wanted to risk it. So Orange definitely didn't look weak, but he didn't win. No, I, th- I thought that they... I mean... They booked a weird match with two baby faces, especially for like babyface champion Wardlow's first defense. Yeah. And these guys really made it work. Like, especially like like the whole match was good, but especially leading up to the commercial break, that first segment of the match. I don't know about you. I was very sports entertained by uh by all the shenanigans as the best friends had gotten managers' licenses, thanks to their lawyer Danhausen. <laughs> and they concluded that like the only way to to handle this was to like cheat like hell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they tried Trent's tried to like do some turnbuckle stuff and while he was doing that chuck pulled out a chainsaw yeah. a bold decision on his part i thought <laughs> it yeah. was an extreme method of cheating. And Bryce saw this chainsaw. <laughs> and he was like, what are you doing? Get guys, get out of here. And he kicked them out. And uh, and it was a damn shame. But I was, I greatly enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It's so nice to have Chuck and Trent, the true best friends, back <laughs> together again. Absolutely. Yeah. Get that. Get that Wheeler Yuta guy out of there. Get him to the Blackpool Combat Club. Get that Rocky Romero back to Japan. Get that Chris Statlander. She can hang out with Athena. Yeah, Yeah, agreed. (laughs) You're anyway, a lot of good people. (laughs) The the thing I really loved about this match is like how they laid out um, like everything Orange tried wouldn't work the first time. But then they would come back to it later and it would work like the like the when he tried to shove him into the the guardrail, like Wardlow caught himself the first time was like, what are you doing, you little wimp? But then later on, he was able to do it. So they, they did a lot of stuff like that that was really clever. Um, and then the other big interference spot, the attempted interference spot was Wardlow was chasing Orange around the ring. And he finally he got wise to it and he realized something was up. So he reached under the apron and he pulled out Danhausen. And this provided the perfect opportunity for Orange Cassidy to come around and finally hit an orange punch. And Danhausen was going to curse Wardlow, but he thought better of it mid-curse because mm-hmm. I think he was afraid of the the repercussions. Yeah. Or he probably just knew that it wouldn't work on Wardlow. Wonder what Jay thinks of that. <laughs> I think I think Jay would I think Jay would probably agree. The wordlow is too cool to be cursed. Agreed. Because wasn't that didn't, didn't that, was, that hook. was that was Hook's thing too? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Wardlow kind of played subtle heel throughout this whole thing, um, but you know, not too heelish. And uh, yeah, and he and he retained his title, and it was great. And they did a little fist bump at the end. Oh, yeah, he's good sport. Like he's the a best, very good sport. The best friends ran out worried. That that big man was going to be mean to their friend. And instead he just, he pulled Orange to his feet and then gave him a fist bump. And then was like, the best friends were like, ooh, we're ready to get you if we need to. And he was just like, nah, bye guys. And he just left. Yeah. I tell you, um, I watched this and I thought to myself, wow, it took like two weeks. The TNT division is back. (laughs) We did it. Yeah. (laughs) Just get it away from that Sammy and... 
Scorpio bullshit morass, and then it's it's great again. They went from two heels fighting to two faces. Although I don't think Orange is going to pursue this. It seemed like maybe it was just a like uh, spur of the moment thing for him. I agree. I think he needs a big win too, though, um, because he's coming off big losses to Osprey and uh, Wardlow now. They need, to, they need to get him somebody he can beat. Who's yeah. not Tony Nese. Oh yeah, that's true. I, although I, you know, I was glad. I think Wardlow. I think he should get to keep the championship for a little bit. Like I, I was going to be really sad if Orange rolled up and took it away from him so quickly. I think he's going to keep it for a long time. I, I could not believe how many people bit on the beach break as a near fall. It's like this is his first defense. He's not going to lose it to Orange Cassidy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know, but also it's like it's Orange Cassidy and people don't like to see him lose. Yeah. So. Yeah. But good. I mean, really good stuff all around. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Very fun. Like only like the third best match on the show. Yeah. We've got quite a banger here, which is why I'm like, (laughs) where were all the young people? (laughs) Yeah. Where are the youngins? Uh, But yeah. uh, So after that match, um, we get. Like before the next segment, we get that very quick clip of um, Pack and Shota Umino uh, at Rev Pro, where mm-hmm. Pack defended his All Atlantic Championship and Shota didn't win, but like they had, they had a match. Seemed like it was cool. Yeah, it was. Um, they aired it in full on Dark. I yes, I remember you texting me about that, and after seeing this, I was like, maybe I should go back and watch that. Because you get to see the Thunder Rosa match too. Yeah, I want to see those. I don't honestly care about anything else happening on dark because i don't know who any of the people are at this point so we'll I see mean, you'd know who the you'd know who the people winning are i guess that's true yeah <laughs> take some of the mystery out of it when it's like here's the roster uh member and here's someone you've never heard of who do yeah. you think's gonna win so i might go i might go and watch that match but we got we got the heads up that that happened and packs out there doing his defense thing um back in the ring chris jericho the living legend is here to respond to Eddie Kingston's recent challenge, the barbed wire everywhere match. Um, Eddie, if, if you remember, did not get to uh, taste Jericho's blood, which was like kind of his big deal that he wanted. Ew. Yeah. Um, so his natural response was to challenge Jericho to this barbed wire everywhere match. Um, Jericho is like, Hey, do you remember all of your friends that I completely destroyed recently? And so he goes down the list. Uh, he says, Ortiz, he shaved his head, took his dignity. Um, Santana, he took him out of blood and guts, which I don't think is true. Santana just hurt himself at blood and guts, but whatever. Uh, Brian Danielson, Jericho took him out at Anarchy in the Arena. And Ruby Soho, Jericho Appreciation Society, mangled her hand and apparently her career. So with all that being said, Jericho's like, hey, Eddie, how many barbed wire matches have you been in? Because I've had a lot of experience. And he lists it all like, you know, he's old school. So, of course, he's had barbed wire matches. I didn't write down who any of them were against. But he seems confident with his history. And he accepts Eddie's challenge. Um, He does say that this will be the last fight between the two of them. Once this is over, he's done with Eddie. Which, fingers crossed. I don't know if that's true. But he claims it. And (laughs) everybody get ready. We're going to see the pain maker at uh this year match not the sports entertainer chris jericho so i don't know if that's something you're gonna look forward to jenny's shaking her head no i feel like that means 
it's not a thing she wants to see. And frankly, the pain maker, I don't know. I think he looks a little silly. I am not looking forward to the pain maker. <laughs> I told Justin last night when I was watching the show, because he was he usually watches it live too, I said the debut of the non-fat pain maker is money because he's never he's never been like in shape when he's been the pain maker <laughs> before. And Justin said, no, he's going to put on all the weight to do the gimmick properly. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, what, a week? He can do it. Just join Bread Club and start hitting those carbs hard, Jericho. You'll be fine. Every time anyone, and by which I mean Eddie Kingston or Chris Jericho says, barbed wire everywhere, all I can think about is all red everything. Me too. <laughs> it's because we're broken people. <laughs> And I, mean, I, I was yeah. thinking, like, well, that would be cool if Eva Marie came to AEW. <laughs> she just showed up. She's like, I heard something, something everywhere. So <laughs> I knew I was being called. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You know what? If she showed up at AEW, I have more confidence in them figuring out how to use her than WWE. <laughs> Even though, oh, she, yeah. you know. She's kind of like her whole deal is people hate her and that's it. She doesn't need to wrestle. I think TK could do some good stuff. She could make a great manager. I am convinced. She's good at being a character. I mean, she clearly understands how to act. Yeah. So. And I, I think you just want Jonathan showing up in his deep V's. If I'm being honest. <laughs> do. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's going to happen. But I do know that what happens next is we go backstage and Eddie gets a chance to respond to Chris Jericho. Um, and he complains that he only gets about a minute while Jericho got a full five. So already starting out good. Um, he tells Jericho to bring the most violent version of himself he can be, whether that's Painmaker or somebody else. He's still going to pay with every ounce of his blood. Eddie is just straight up like, I'm going to hurt you, Jericho, and I'm going to enjoy it. Um, that's his message. Ruby Soho, uh, is standing there with a cast and Ortiz is also standing there. And just side note, like, I think Ortiz with short hair is a great look. Good for him. He's pulling it off. I mean, that was the thing, right? It's like, it's like, look what you did to my friend. And then he takes his hat off and it's like, oh, you gave him a nice haircut. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought Ortiz looked great with his hair. I think I you know, if you're going to have a hair versus hair match, the point is to, like, humu humiliate the other person. And Ortiz with short hair also just looks great. Like, yeah. I, I didn't lose anything with that. Absolutely. So, good for him. Um, from there, we go to the second match of the night. The AEW World Championship Interim Title Defense by John Moxley against Koneske Takeshita. I cannot say his first name to save my life. Um, Andy has said more than once on this podcast that they give Moxley these big guys for his title defense matches, and I love that strategy from Tony Khan. Always works. Good stuff. Um, Takeshita is awesome. He uh, puts up a great fight. He's not able to take the title away, which... I, think... I don't think I realized how big he was until I saw him in there with John. I mean, I thought he was tall before, but at like overall, like... Like all portions big, yeah. He he seems large, like, and he's also just very nimble, huge yeah. and nimble. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He's he's really cool. 
I love this match. Um, Moxley ultimately taps him out with the bulldog choke, but it, it took like a series of paradigm shifts and a death rider and elbows to the head to really take this this man out. So um, much like in the opening match, I don't know that the crowd was totally clear on who they were supposed to root against because they loved both of these people in the ring. They got really into Takeshita late in the match. There was a point where where John went for the uh, so he hit the he hit the paradigm shift, which is the standard double underhook DVT. Right, and he only got two. Then he went for the Death Rider, which is the elevated, uh, which um, Excalibur has started distinguishing between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, he went for that the first time, and Takeshita like flipped out of it and took over. And I think that was the point where the crowd was like. Okay, we're this is this needs to happen. And at that point, I also started thinking like maybe, maybe because I just thought like okay, if he beats Moxley, you make a star in one night, and then you do the, you do the title match at Battle of the Belts, which is coming up in like less than a month, and Moxley just wins. Like Moxley, obviously Moxley wins the rematch. He can win the rematch. It's no problem. So. So I thought I, I I just thought I kind of thought like you could do it that way. I didn't realize Battle of the Belts was coming up, but I guess that's a good point because like I don't think I think ultimately like Moxley is going to keep that thing until CM Punk comes back, unless somebody like yeah really big comes up. But I I don't know yeah. who that would be. Um, if if Tanahashi's not going to beat him, then you know yeah it's he's they're going to wait. Into, Moxley Punk is a big enough match that, to wait for that. Yeah, but like. I, that Takeshita man, he got the buzz, and he is so cool. So it, 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 I think I would have been more taken in by the near falls if I knew that Battle of the Belts was a thing that was happening soon, and and that you could have potentially done that. Um, but like just overall, I was like, well, Moxley's not going to lose that title. No, no. But yeah, they, that's not the way they went. I mean, people still love to cash. Uh, so like, yeah, unbelievable I, match. Just unbelievable. I was so, yeah. I was so impressed. They are very good. Yeah. So after that, we, we that did, was only the second best match of the night. <laughs> we're working our way down. Yeah. <laughs> it was the only the second match of the night. Even. <laughs> but, but yeah, so like after that, uh, we, we get a not match. We get a promo from the house of black and they are, uh, apparently just, still have it out for Darby Allen, um, who Brody King like did a very cool choke out. If you remember at the, the, what was it? Rampage rumble or whatever. Um, rampage, Royal rampage. Yeah. Where he like held him up on the side and, and just choked him out and then dropped him. Very cool looking. Um, it was very cool looking. Oh, wait, that was last week's dynamite main event. Brody King versus Moxley. Yes. Yes. Yes, uh, which like no shade to that match, but man, I there's so much other wrestling happening. I totally forgot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the House of Black hates Darby Allen, and I guess Brody King attacked Darby at a promotional event over the weekend. Uh, they showed him throwing Darby into like tables of with t-shirts on it and stuff. I kind of I kind of love that they did that. That's just that's like fun. Yeah, I I was like I didn't know there was a promotional event, but hey, these these two are mixing it up. Cool. Um, so yes, they they have their eye on Darby. They're going to get Julia him. Brains took the lead on the promo. Yeah, I like that. I I'm glad I'm glad we've got some, a female component to this goth scary group. 
I'm mm-hmm. into it. So we'll see. We'll see what they're doing. But yeah, that's their focus now. Um, <laughs> Seems like she will should at some point clash with Anna J. Yeah, uh, you'd hope. Or again, let's get some ladies into other factions and start doing faction on faction uh, fights here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. So that's what the House of Black is up to. Um, the next match of the night, obviously the number one match, because that's how this is going with Andy's rankings. Three, two, one. Um, the next match is poor little Griff Garrison. Taking on the monster, Luchasaurus, who is controlled by a Christian Cage. Uh, before the match begins, Christian gets on the mic, and he cuts a promo on the Varsity Blondes, uh, mostly directed at Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, Christian says he thinks that his father, Brian Pillman, was average at best, but does respect the fact that he spilled his blood in the ring. And then he says, I don't think he would be super proud of his son, though. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian Brian Pillman Jr. is like very bad about that, obviously, but Griff holds him back. And then after that, Christian directs his ire at Griff, who he accuses of posting a picture on social media that looks too much like Jungle Boy. And it's like Griff Garrison just looks like Jungle Boy. <laughs> like yeah. Just... But like you didn't think that Griff posted that picture? Because I totally believe that Griff posted that picture. Oh, they showed the picture, but like it's just Griff Garrison in trunks, like right. standing there. But with like a jungle behind him. Oh, I think they just put that in for that shot. I don't know, guys. I mean, you're the social media coordinator here, but I'll, I'll find it. I don't think I follow Griff Garrison, so I've gotta find him. And he could have done it in um He could have done it in like a story. Yeah. Oh. Oh, did you find it already? God, you're quick. Yeah, and it's just it's a green screen behind him. There's yeah. nothing there. <laughs> yeah, it's just him standing there and it's like, yeah, the joke that he looks like Jungle Boy has been going on forever. But apparently that's enough to get Luchasaurus to come out and squash him like a bug. So it was so awkward of like an end of a promo and of a walking to the ring because uh christian asked luchasaurus do you think he looks like jungle boy luchasaurus doesn't answer and then he just slowly walks to the ring but the audience it wasn't clear that the promo had ended so the audience didn't cheer or anything it was just silence while we watched luchasaurus walk at his pace to the ring. It was kind of awkward, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then he squashed those boys. I tried to, like, after this promo was over, I started thinking about, like, who else has a famous dead father? <laughs> who <laughs> is in, who's next on the hit list? <laughs> and the only one I could come up with is, is Dustin Rhodes. So I think... Uh, I think Oh yeah, that think, makes sense. I think Christian might be uh, might be talking some sh- shit about Dusty here pretty soon. That oh, that's like, mm, like okay, Luke Perry, beloved nine hundred two one zero actor, sure. Um, Brian Pillman, I I know that like a lot of people really love him, but I don't know that he reaches the height of like Dusty Rhodes, beloved to literally everyone on the roster and probably in the crowd. That would. Ooh, Christian, I, he might get shanked, you know? I, oh. 
I feel like he he might Cody might show up and stab him. (laughs) (laughs) But he might try it. I mean, that's a. I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it. I think that'd be really interesting to see. But what a uh, what a memory to take on. I mean, I, I barely I don't even want to say it, but I mean, the only other possibility is negative one. (gasps) <gasps> oh <laughs> no that's dark as hell <laughs> after the tribute they gave him <laughs> Jesus I remember that now on Rampage where Negative One got to come out and and be like the leader and then um, of course QT Marshall had to like show up and be a dick QT Marshall guaranteed himself another uh, what seven years of employment at least as long as it's not on TV, I don't care. It's got to put that kid over. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back for you when I'm 19. Yeah, so, okay. Well, that that's out there. Christian, good lord. Um, you're stepping into a real minefield with the, the dead dads you have left. Um, backstage, Tony Schiavone. He's talking to uh, Daniel Garcia. Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, and Cool Hand, Angelo Parker. Uh, apparently, because it's Shark Week, um, the members of the JAS will be suspended in a shark cage during the Barbed Wire Everywhere match. Which I guess, does that, like, they just keep saying that, and I'm assuming it's above the ring, but like... The shark cage? Y- yeah. Like, yeah, it'll be, it traditionally it's like it'll be above the ring. Okay, so, yeah, that's going to happen. They don't... <laughs> Why is there a traditionally? Why is that like, that's... well, traditionally, yeah, uh, okay. of course they put the shark tank above. Here, I'm going to give you a little wrestling history lesson. <laughs> Sometimes, a manager will interfere, interfere so much that the baby face comes up with, like, I'm going to wrestle you, heel, but your manager has to be in this shark cage, so he can't interfere this time. And so this is just like a, a spin on that. And Discovery was like, hey, can you guys do something for Shark Week? <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, can you incorporate some sort of shark cage in this? Which I totally get, but me as a paranoid, anxious person, like, if I was a wrestler, wouldn't want a cage full of people above me. I would be like, could you just, like, put it on the stage? Could they just be in a cage watching from the stage? Because what if it falls on me? I don't think it's I don't think it's as visually interesting on the stage, Megan. I know, but I'm just I wouldn't want to get crushed by my peers in a cage. Think think how compelled you're gonna be watching to see no. if somebody gets crushed. Uh if that happens, they're gonna cut away and you know the money <laughs> yeah. shot is just not gonna happen. Think of how horrified we will be if that actually happens. Well, okay, so they're gonna, they're gonna cut away Zhao Gan Yu styled. We're not gonna know what happened for like two hours. Oh, it's true. <laughs> Glad he's okay. So, <laughs> yes, these men are gonna be in a in a cage, suspended, and I guess that like, okay, so what? That's uh, Daddy Magic, Cool Hand, Jake Hager, Sammy, Ty. Are they gonna stick Ty in there? And Garcia. And Garcia. Okay, so that okay, that's a lot of people. A lot of dudes. A lot of dudes. Um, I, so I, if I was Ty, I'd be like, no, thank you. 
<laughs> I I don't need to take part in Shark Week. Thanks. I have better things to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt Menard demands that because this is a thing, that Claudio and Ortiz be put in a cage of their own. Because it's only fair that if Jericho's allies are in one cage, then they should stick Eddie's allies in another. Um, Tony Schiavone just kind of brushes it aside and says, like, I don't have any answers about who's going to be where and, like, <laughs> how big the cage is going to be, um, which I think is another thing they asked. So they just, Matt and Angelo take off. Uh, Daniel Garcia, he takes a second to stick around and call out Wheeler Yuta. He says he's copying him, I guess, um, in the sense that, like, they're both rookies and uh, Wheeler Yuta is successful and Daniel Garcia wants to be successful <laughs> um so he says wheeler is copying him and he declares that he wants a match at death before dishonor for the roh pure championship belt that yuda currently holds so. that'd be good yeah we're gonna get that that pay-per-view all right and you said you're gonna buy that pay-per-view you're gonna watch that pay-per-view i am gonna watch that pay-per-view while well, you guys are wine scouting it up hell yeah yeah, so you'll be able to watch it later if you want. Uh, I will base my watching decisions off your recommendation. But okay. it seems enough. like seems like it should be good. So uh, after that, <laughs> Tony Schiavone, I, I'm assuming there's a commercial break because Tony Schiavone is back for another interview. And this time it's with Hangman Adam Page. Adam is looking very casual in a tie-dye shirt with his hair pulled back and a scarf around his head. He looks a little like he's like vacation adam i don't know just seemed really uh chill he says he's doing okay but he's disappointed that he wasn't able to win the tournament to get a shot at the aw world championship title and at this point john silver and alex reynolds join him because they too are disappointed and it's not at adam they want a shot at those spooky perverts in the house of black and so they challenge them to a match on rampage and I wasn't clear on whether it was going to be just, like, a tag team match or if they're roping Adam in and they're going to make it a trios thing. But uh, Rampage, it's the thing that's happening. I also was confused about this. I, I believe that it is just a two-on-two. Two. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I was, guess... It was confusing. Buddy Matthews is not healthy, right? So he can't participate... Is he not? <laughs> I, I thought he was injured. Is he, is he on that list? <laughs> I thought he was. <laughs> yeah, okay, and he, maybe, he didn't participate in their promo earlier, so I don't, I don't know that he's around. Oh, that's true. That list is pretty long, though. I kind of lose track. Yeah. Okay, so I could see Brody King and Malachi Black against uh, Silver and Reynolds. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that'll happen on Rampage. After that, we've got a. Uh, a big guy match. We got a Jake Hager versus his old friend Claudio Castagnoli. These two large men. They they used to be friends. I don't know that they broke up on bad terms, but now they're like they're kind of antagonistic towards each other, and they are each out to prove something. Claudio wants to keep his uh, undefeated record. Jake, I guess, just wants to be like I'm the better of the we the people crew. <laughs> um, so they have a pretty great match to prove this. Claudio gets to do his giant swing on a giant man, which is always fun. And uh, ultimately, he gets the ring with, or gets the win with the, I think it was called the 
Ricolo bomb? The Ricola bomb. Ricola. Ricola. Okay, I didn't. That seems like it would be trademarked. <laughs> That's what he called it mm-hmm. on the Indies, and apparently <laughs> it had been so long that he asked. He had to ask Bryce. He said, "Like, did I?" Did I do that as a release or did I sit out with it? And oh. Bryce like, sat out with it and he was like, okay, I thought so, but I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> that is so cute. Yeah. I was uh, disappointed that Jake Hager did not uh, knee the pee hole uh, <laughs> in this match of all matches. <laughs> oh God. Does he know? Does he know he's supposed to? <laughs> I tried to get the chance started in Charleston all those many years ago, but you know, never took, never took, never took. <laughs> um, there was like weird interference in this match, right? Uh, I believe so. I think the, uh, yeah. Some, some of the Jasmine tried to get involved and Menard didn't do, and didn't do a great job. Yeah. Menard and Parker ran out because, uh, Claudio got Jake in a scorpion Deathlock, So he couldn't, he couldn't lock it in. Cause they were like, you know, on the side. They were yelling. like, no, they're like, we're going to interfere. We, we don't have a chainsaw, but look at us. Um, they got chased away though. I don't think they were very effective. Which I guess Hager and Jericho should really give them a talking to, because if you're on the team, you got to be better at interference. True that. Yeah. So I was glad Claudio got the win, because um, I like him a lot, and uh, I think Jake Hager is um, between the two of them. He should lose. <laughs> I have no no basis for that. I just like Claudio better. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I like Claudio much better. Uh, I thought Jake was really good in this match. I I think that Claudio versus Sammy could be an incredible match. Oh, he could throw that little boy around. Yeah, yeah. And he would base for him so well, too, on his high flying. So Such a good base. I think he need to book that soon. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm into that. And Claudio could giant swing the hell out of him. I, I do respect that Jake Hager, unlike uh, many of the people I've seen Claudio Giants wing, he didn't try to cover his head at all. He was just like, arms out, like, we're doing this. It's like a carnival ride. Claudio swing me. Um, <laughs> n- no regard for his head and neck. Just, just fortune to the wind. Uh, but yeah, that's how that played out. So uh, from there. We go backstage, and uh, Andy alluded to this earlier. Lexi Nair is here. She's determined to get that cold-hearted, handsome devil hook to speak, to say anything. She asks him, you know, you're undefeated. Is there a title shot in your future? And he looks at her. He says, no words, and then he just walks away. And then she does some bad acting. Well, you know, she's Lexi Nair. Okay, so Hook keeps agreeing to be interviewed by Lexi Nair. And he keeps, like, just kind of blowing her off during the interview. So he's either a real jerk, which is possible, um, because, you know, in his pre-wrestling days, uh, you know, as just part of Team Taz, he was a real jerk to people. Um, Or maybe 
the storyline is he's got a big crush on Lexi Nair and he's too mm-hmm. shy to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And he keeps like keeps trying to like screw up his courage to to you know to say something, but he uh, he can't. Oh well, that would be charming if that's the storyline. I'm into it. What title do you think they're going to give Hook now that they started talking about it? There are a lot of them to choose from. <laughs> I mean, the most obvious would be the TNT, I guess. That's where I always default when it's like, I don't you, I don't think he's going to get the AEW World Championship. He doesn't have a tag team. So it's either TNT or All-Atlantic, which would be weird. FTW. Oh, my God, I've overlooked the most obvious choice. Won't that blow up Team Taz if he takes it away from his friend Ricky Stars? I would think so, but like, think about it. He hasn't he hasn't really been around those guys in months. You know? True. Taz doesn't even like really manage them anymore so much. He's because he's just always on commentary. Oh, if he's like Hook, go get the family title back. And honestly. Like, I think there's more to Hobbs and Starks as a tag team right now than there is Ricky as a single. Oh, my God. This is, this would, I would, Jenny, would you root for the FTW title if Hook was the title holder? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was going to give us a begrudging yes for a second there, but of course, of course. Not. Can, no, I thought about it. She cannot be shaken. <laughs> Would you tolerate it a little better if Hook had it? I have principles. The other oh. one I thought of was like maybe maybe he and like Yuta could do a feud for the ROH Pure title. Okay, yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. Interesting. I do like the storyline aspect of just destroying Team Tess. I yeah. think it's going to be ROH. I think he's going to be on the pay-per-view. That'd be cool. And he does pretty much pure wrestling because he doesn't really have any gimmicks. He just walks out, kicks ass, and then walks back to the back. Mm-hmm. Have they announced what like a matches have they announced for that ROH? Because it's just in like a week. So the big match uh, so far is the rematch between FTR and the Briscoes for yeah. the tag team. Ring of Honor tag team titles. Then you got Serena Deeb versus yep. um, Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez for the women's title. Then you got uh, Wheeler Uter versus Daniel Garcia for the pure title. Oh, so that okay. And then Gresham against somebody. Gresham, presumably Gresham against somebody, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, hmm. they got some work to do to finish promoting that thing. I think they figure that like people who are buying it are probably going to buy it for FTR versus Briscoes. So. I mean, their last match was supposed to be real amazing. I didn't see it because it was on the other pay-per-view, but that's oh, and quite a draw. Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal for the TV title. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, you're right. All the Ring of Honor titles, basically. Hopefully, Satnam Singh uh, defeats Jonathan Gresham for the world title. and the, <gasps> the biggest man versus the shortest man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that would be wild. Yeah. You could probably throw him pretty far. I bet. Yeah. You dunk him like a basketball. 
<laughs> he would have them specially put up a basketball hoop so that he could specifically put him through it. That would I, I would love it. I would buy the pay-per-view just for that. <sighs> but we'll, okay. Hook and, and the ROH pay-per-view are still sort of um, unclear where they're going. Uh, but after after Hook leaves Lexi Nair, we get some clips of that Thunderosa match where she traveled to Tokyo, Japan and participated in Tokyo Joshi Pro against Miyu Yamashita. And uh, as Andy mentioned, way, way at the top of this show, Thunder lost. So Yamashita is going to have a title shot in America, presumably on an episode of Dynamite in the near future. I don't know that they actually said which when that would be. No? No, I, I don't. She, Yamashita said on social media that it was weird. She was just like, I know their schedule. I'll, I'll be over there someday. <laughs> Okay, so she just might carry that title shot opportunity with her for a while. That's <laughs> an odd way to say it. Maybe she'll treat it like money in the bank. I, yeah, okay. Well, that's that's hanging out there. Um, Tony Schiavone talks to Thunderosa and Tony Storm backstage. Thunderstorm, if you will. Um, I like that name. It's it's like so obvious, but I love it. It's mm-hmm. like, of course. So, uh, Thunder Rosa says she's like super excited that she got to tag with her girl, Tony Storm. And Thunderstorm is officially a tag team and they're ready to like take on challengers as a tag team, which is exciting. Um, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter immediately interrupt. They say they're well versed on how to handle a Thunderstorm. And then Britt hands Tony a big sandbag because I, you know, in Storms, you, you gotta, Got a brace with the sandbag. There's also like a wrestling connotation to it, which I was like, I don't know what you're saying, Britt. (laughs) Like, she's like, you try carrying that around for a month. What did that mean? Okay. So I got more clarity on this. Okay. I had forgotten something. In that Thunder Rosa Marina Shafir title match a few weeks ago, Uh there was a, there was a criticism afterwards that, Thunder Rosa was being unprofessional and not going up for Marina's moves, sandbagging her, so to speak. So I believe this was a playoff of that. Okay. That's a, that's a reach. (laughs) Yes. Well, I knew sandbagging was that in like, I knew in wrestling that was a thing, but I didn't realize people were accusing Thunder Rosa of it for, for that. Yeah, I think I think only for that match in particular. And there was like they did have words afterwards and I know they like they they kind of made up and made a big show of it on social media that they're cool her and um Marina. But yeah, that was like apparently that was like a real issue that night. Okay. Yeah. What what do you think made Thunder not go up? I have no idea. Because like, Thunder's such a professional, I, I would think she's... It was very strange, because it's not like she was being asked to put Marina Shafir over or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, she was winning the match, so... Well, was she actually doing that, or were people just being... Reading into, like, Yeah, moves? I don't know. I don't know. Good point, Megan. I just remember her match with Ivelisse, and it's like... Remember when that was terrible? <sighs> but anyway... All right. Well, that that thank you for explaining it 
because I feel like I had the pieces and I was just like, I don't really know what this is a reference to, but whatever. Uh, back in the ring, we've got Serena Deeb taking on Anna Jay in her showstopper gear, which I know Jenny's a big fan of. <laughs> Why is she still doing this? Start new gear. I just, I don't understand why she doesn't just go with her uh, Dark Order gear. Because, yeah. like, they're not breaking up. All indications are that they're staying together. Like, why not just wear Dark Order? Does the hand thing. Like, just go for it. Okay, but here's here's what I'm thinking now. Because she does lose. Mm-hmm. And there is a segment later on with her in the back. And her old buddy, Ty. Ty, comes back there and talks some smack to her and says, like, you need to make better choices. <laughs> so I could see. Wait, wait, wait. Ty's telling I was going to say, like, mm. <laughs> so I could see maybe Anna going heel and, you know, getting away from the Dark Order. And, you know, and that's her gear. Uh, no. If she goes to Yale, she has to get better gear. Okay. Well, okay, so she she's in this gear, regardless. Um, and he, heel leaning or not, um, Anna is the hometown hero here. She's from Georgia, so Serena gets more booze than usual, but she still manages to tap out Anna Jay with that serenity lock, and, uh, you know, because she's mean. And after the match... Serena starts beating Anna up and uh, surprise, surprise, her old tag team partner, brief, but still, Mercedes Martinez runs out to save Anna Jay. Um, and that's where we find out that she will be defending her title against Serena at Death Before Dishonor. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, I want Anna Jay to succeed i kind of figured this was not going to be her time but i do hope whatever her direction is be it heel or showstopper or whatever uh i like her i hope she she does well or gets the star of the show megan not the showstopper oh star of the show okay and she was getting good reactions because she was in her uh she was in her home state yeah they really wanted her to win but you know she didn't. But that's okay. What are you going to do? So from there, we go backstage. Tony Schiavone is talking to Jade, her baddies, and Stokely Hathaway. Um, Tony mentions that Athena and Chris Statlander have been talking shit about Jade and uh, that they have a match on Rampage. The way this was phrased, I was not clear on who they was. Like, I'm assuming Jade and Athena aren't going to fight, or not Jade, um, Chris and Athena aren't going to fight each other, but I was not clear on who the, who the people were who were going to fight each other. They, they are teaming up against the Renegade Twins. Okay. I don't know who that is. I think it's those twins who, like, do the, the twin magic. Oh, okay. All right. Jenny, dis- Jenny disapproves of cut rate twin magic. <laughs> I don't blame her. I agree. Uh-huh. Okay. So, okay. I was like, they're going to have a match on Rampage, but they're not going to fight each other because they're friends. So, okay. That makes sense. Um, 
Jade says she's not worried about those pigeons, which uh, I know to be a lady version of a scrub. Thanks, TLC. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, thanks, uh, Sporty Thieves, right? Right. I don't want no pigeons. Yeah, because they did the they did the uh, the response song. Yeah. <laughs> Just like hilarious. I mean. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Okay. Well, Jade's not worried about them pigeons. Uh, Layla Gray is still here. She's an interim baddie, as we find out. And Stokely assures everyone that he has the situation under control and knows what he's doing with her. I think he said he gave her like 120 bucks or some ludicrously low number of money to <laughs> turn uh, in the, their match and help Jade. Um, so, I yeah, I guess she can be bought cheaply uh kira hogan is not convinced of her loyalty or being around for any period of time but stokely's like don't worry don't worry it's gonna be fine and so she's she's still kind of just there um i don't think jade wants it either i really liked it when stokely said stokely hathaway is for the baddies the same way wu-tang is for the children okay yep (laughs) Yep. He's great. Stokely rules. I, I like, he's just he's so natural in his delivery. It it never sounds like he's rehearsed or putting on a show. He just man, he's awesome. Yeah. So remember when Matt uh, Hardy used to like when Big Money Matt used to try to like pay people like very like not round number amounts of money to do his bidding like every week. Yeah, it was very. It was just like it seemed like very, it was very like random the the amount of money he would pay for a uh, for a misdeed. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the heels are just like we're not going to pay you fairly, and we're not going to pay you a number that is nice and easy to say. It's going to be nonsensical. There's yeah, going to be I change. Re- <laughs> I do remember Jack Evans got paid like four hundred and twenty dollars one time or something like that. Oh, of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> we'll see about the baddie situation. Stokely's got it under control, I guess. Um, back on stage, Jay Lethal crashes the announce table to let us know that he'll be taking on that. Uh, he'll be taking the Ring of Honor World Television Championship away from Samoa Joe at Death Before Dishonor. So, that's that's your announcement there. Um, that doesn't last very long. It's just a, a very hurried thing, just FYI. Uh, and then after that, we get a commercial break, and when we come back, we're backstage with Tony Schiavone, who is talking to Anna Jay, and she's in the medical area because apparently she's injured her leg in some way, and I'm assuming that's kayfabe. I believe so. Okay. She, so she's back there. She's worked, she, you know, nursing the leg, and Ty Conti shows up, as Andy said, and kind of taunts Anna about her loss and tells her she needs to make better choices for her career. Anna is clearly not cool with all the life choices Ty has made recently. So um, I guess they're on the outs. But yes, as Jenny pointed out, it's hilarious that Ty Conti tells Anna that she needs to make better decisions because what a what a messenger to deliver that to her. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Oh, so from there, finally, we get to the main event. Team Taz, Swerve in Our Glory, and the Young Bucks are in a triple threat match 
uh, tag match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Young Bucks are holding that championship going into this. And what a match. I mean, everyone worked their asses off. I have to give a nod to the Young Bucks because they are clearly the common denominator in so many amazing matches. and um, Especially three-way matches. Yeah, they have like a real gift for putting those together in a way that doesn't feel too busy, you know? Like everybody gets a moment, everybody gets to show off, but there's also like not an abundance of downtime, you know, like like two teams don't or like the majority of teams don't disappear out of the ring for no reason and let only two people go. It it seems like it's a lot of like a lot of like multiple people participating at all times, which is exciting. I think yeah, for sure. And it's very, I mean, it's, it's like, it's almost like, uh, it's like clockwork, you know, it's like the way that the matches are structured. It's, it's, it's really, um, impressive to watch it come together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it's such a, such an amazing match. I mean, we can touch on some highlights here, but, um, the young bucks, while arguably the greatest tag team in the world are no longer the title holders, uh, swear Strickland gets to pin Ricky Starks. So the Young Bucks are not even in the equation here. Uh, and that means that Swerve and Our Glory are the new tag team champions for now. Yeah. This, did this you surprised expect me. That? No, okay. I did not. I was, I was for sure thinking like, okay, they're good. They're, especially last week when that FTR chant happened. Um, when the Bucks were coming out to set this match up, mm-hmm. I thought I thought for sure we're doing Bucks versus FTR for all the different title belts at All Out. Yeah. And now I'm even thinking it's possible that FTR lose the Ring of Honor titles back to the Briscoes. Oh, and start to like slowly dismantle their gold collection. Yeah. Hmm. That could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But I, I just this this kind of like threw me for a loop as far as my like wrestle math. Yeah, I would not have expected this. I just assumed this was like a formality and that the Bucks would win, but also we'd get a super cool match out of it just for fun. I I did not expect a title change. Um, I you know I I think it was I think they did the right thing. I think it was I think it was the right time. Um, because sometimes you just want something like cool to happen on a show, right? Like, you know, like, like, even if it's, even if it doesn't seem like this should be the long-term plan, it's like, but it's cool that it happened. And I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm glad we got to see it. And it was, it was surprising. Yeah. And I guess like, like other than FTR and the potential there, like the young bucks don't really have an ongoing feud with anybody. They're just kind of like, we're the best tag team and whoever wants to challenge us can. So it doesn't really, I guess, change much story-wise for them to not have the belts anymore. Or at least for a time, you know, they could always get them back. Now they can go do um, trio stuff with uh, Hangman. Is reunite the Hung Bucks. <sighs> There's friend talk on BTE. The music played again. I during, know. During, during Hangman's little I know. <laughs> he had a reflective moment about how, you know, the friendships never die. Yeah. Ugh. 
I'm also thinking that maybe so the finish was they pinned Starks, right? Swerve pin Starks, yes. Swerve pin Starks. So I'm I'm also thinking that again, with an eye towards um Battle of the Belts, maybe you do Swerve in Our Glory versus Young Bucks rematch at Battle of the Belts. Okay. And that That'd way. Be fun. Yeah, it'll be really fun because that that match hasn't happened two on two yet, and and so maybe they're just save it like in that way. Then Swerve and Our Glory get to directly pin the Young Bucks. Yeah, but until then, the Bucks can say like, "You didn't actually beat us," you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we had no part in that ending. We were off to the side. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really cool though. Um, it was incredible. Man. Yeah, uh, there was too much stuff to write all of it down, but I really, I really liked early on when Nick uh, Jackson and Ricky Starks, they each had like, they were doing the hand, like holding a hand of an opponent, and they were on the top rope walking, and they walked up to each other and were like, "What are you doing? Like you're, <laughs> you're in my way." And then they both ended up just getting crotched because somebody kicked the rope. <laughs> Ball watch twenty twenty two. Hell yeah. There was also this great sequence where, like, Keith Lee was doing his Godzilla shit, and, like, Matt super kicked him, Nick super kicked him, he no-sold it, then Ricky comes in, and they hit him with a triple super kick, and that knocks him down, and then Ricky wants to, like, do a pose with the Young Bucks. (laughs) Yeah. And so they do, they pose, and then the Bucks super kick (laughs) Ricky. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, yeah, I like the through line of Matt Jackson and uh, Keith Lee having a thing like they started out the match and Matt Jackson could not take down the hulking Keith Lee because mm. he's much smaller than Keith Lee. But like yeah. they kept coming back to it, which I I thought was fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There were. Oh, God, I, I can't recommend this match enough. It was so great. Go watch it. Yeah. Very fun, very fun. There was also a moment, because um, we got to tease it always, uh, where Rick Knox got taken out by Powerhouse Hobbs, and while he was out, Swerve got a hold of one of the title belts, and Keith Lee had his back turned, and there it, it looked for a moment like he was gonna, he was gonna betray his friend Keith, and he didn't. So like, I feel like Swerve is always being sold as like, on the verge of always on the verge of like looking out for number one maybe to his own detriment yeah it seemed extra weird in this context because they were literally in the middle of a tag team title match yeah yeah but it's like it's, it's like when that urge hits it's like this is swerve's house not keith's house i mean i always think i've constructed this canon in my head but like when they do the music and swerve's music is the first one and then it gets stopped and keith lee's is like the dominant music as they make it to the make their way to the ring. I just assume that that like burns swerve up. Cause you know, it's it he he says it's his house, but then Keith Lee's music takes over. It's true. But now they're the tag team champions, so hopefully they'll get along. Yeah, you don't you hope. Like don't ruin it just yet. Don't don't burn brightly, but live short uh the way the the gun club and uh, acclaimed thing did because that that makes no. me sad. Oh, 
I'm so sad. They like, I know it wasn't meant to be like super long term, but it feels like they went away too quickly. Like they turned on each other too quickly. I mean, it got over more than they could have possibly imagined when they, when they first thought of it. And then they took it away. And they took it away. Ugh. Now, it would be cool if we could get the acclaimed in the Jericho Appreciation Society. So Bowens can say, scissor me daddy magic. <laughs> it would all be worth it if only we could get that scenario to happen. Yeah. Um, and then the show went off the air, like, very quickly. Like, we mm-hmm. didn't really get to see the new champs celebrate at all, which was kind of a bummer. Were they uh, short on time or something? Like They went they went to, like, 10.02. Oh, so they freaked out and they were like, this isn't one of those where we promise we'll stay with it until the end. <laughs> like, I think they were allowed to have the overrun. I think it was just, like, they used all of it. And, and you know, you know Tony Khan's mentality is, like, why let something breathe when we can just cram more in? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So um, I did see they quickly uploaded a little video afterwards, and I was kind of like looking to see because I wanted to see if they got if they did anything after the show. And, and Swerve and Keith did, uh, in fact, cut a promo afterwards. And Keith Lee was talking about how earlier this week. Uh, one of his best friends from childhood had been diagnosed with stage four cancer. And he, you know, he, he dedicated and he dedicated the, the match to him and everything and said, you know, keep fighting. And, and it was really sweet. And uh, yeah. So, so that's what he's been going through this week. Oh, Keith, babe. Yeah. Tough. Tough indeed. Mia Yum tweeted out. How proud she was of her man. Oh. I see sometimes he wears a Mia Yim hoodie, like, in the backstage segments. I think that's really cute. Supportive couples are just very cute. Sending smoke signals to each other between Impact and AEW, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm assuming Impact doesn't have such stringent uh, rules around that like WWE did. Like what in the in that they acknowledge that anywhere else exists, yeah. Yes, yes, that's what <laughs> I mean by stringent. <laughs> yeah. But that was dynamite. Mm. It was a hell of a show. One, of, I think, one of the one of the like all time great dynamites. To be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, I guess again, I just have to accept that, like, when you're putting out really, really good stuff, even your worst stuff is still awesome. And uh, you know. I'm in the 50-plus crowd. I'm accepting. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, we have have come to the end here. Uh, But before we get out, we do have one more thing to do, which is, in fact, called the Elite Beat Plug of the Week. And uh, that is where we talk about something from pop culture or, you know, anything, really, that we've been into in the past week. Uh, We didn't do this last week because I didn't feel like just doing it by myself. But um, this week, I have been into the uh, Marvel's Avengers uh, video game on Xbox. It is made by Crystal Dynamics, 
who made the recent Tomb Raider trilogy of Glink Games, and it actually plays a lot like that, um, which is great because I love those games. Um, and it is primarily you're primarily playing from the perspective of young Kamala Khan, uh, Miss Marvel. So oh, I was just going to ask who's your main, but you're doing like the campaign. I'm doing like the campaign. Okay. I might get into some other stuff after I finish the main campaign, and you know, if I if I if I'm still feeling it, or, or I might be I might be done with it at that point. Who knows? But uh, but yeah, I'm i so far like in the first in like the prologue, you play a little bit as every as all the Avengers, um, and then it there's like an event that happens, and then it, you do you do a time skip of a few years, and then you're playing as mostly as Kamala Khan. I have. So far, I have uh, found Bruce Banner, so I've played a little bit as the Hulk uh, mm. too since then. But I'm pretty—I think I'm pretty—I'm still pretty early. Okay. But it seems—it seems to be like the plot is about finding the Avengers and kind of reuniting them. Okay. Yeah. But is there any—is really... there any tie into the show? I know it's way before the show, but did they try to connect the plot? Oh, oh, the Miss Marvel show. Yeah. No. No, okay. it is not. Uh, it's not. It's not that Kamala Khan. Uh, oh, they, I mean, it is that Kamala Khan, but it's not. It's not the, the MCU. The it's Kamala okay. Khan. Yeah. It's because okay. the game's not. The game is not an MCU game. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure how much like. I don't know, like control the MCU dictates for things like like tertiary things like that, like this game. Yeah. I kind of wonder if there was like a version of a pitch for that game that would have had it be an MCU game, but like at a certain point it probably becomes prohibitively expensive because you would have to license all those likenesses and you know, like just imagine like telling Robert Downey Jr. that you want him to like voice Iron Man in a video game. <laughs> like, I mean, he seems game for whatever. He's like, he's a fun guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people were pissed that, that wasn't the case, so you know. Oh, and the, what if? These, yeah, these people don't look like, or these uh, video game characters don't look like my movie people. I remember that was a big oh, uproar. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is the case. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me so much. Um, I'm kind of, you know as I've gotten into it, it's fine. Um, but that's kind of what they, I think. I haven't played it, but that is I believe kind of the route they took with the recent guardians of the galaxy game too, where it's more kind of based on their comic book likenesses than, than mm. the, the, the MCU, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which like, I mean, most of the guardians are aliens. So you, I feel like you got a little, a little more leeway with that as far as like, yeah, I don't know. And star Lord wears a mask. It's true. In combat, he often is masked. <laughs> So yeah, so that's me. Uh, Avengers, it's on Game Pass, which is nice. So check it out if you'd like. How about you, Game, Megan? Game Pass rules. Um, Game Pass does rule. I have a real, uh, I want to say trashy, but it's not really trashy. I have um, a very light, like, turn your brain off sort of deal. Uh, I discovered the show on Hulu called Claim to Fame. It is a, a reality show. It's Hosted by the two less slash not actually famous Jonas Brothers. Oh. Kevin and I don't know the other ones. <laughs> I'm sorry, the other one. Um, Wait, I what's think, the name of the famous one? There's 
Joe? Nick, Joe, and... Kevin. I don't think Kevin's a famous one. He's not a famous one. He's a lesser. Wait, he's how on many the are there? Five, I guess. Oh, my God. I There's didn't even three know. There's didn't... three in the band. Oh, okay. That's what I... I didn't know there were extra... I didn't know there were bonus Jonases. One's married to Sansa Stark. Yes. One's married to Priyanka Chopra. Jesus. Hot. Uh, and I forget who the other one is and if he's married to anyone famous. Um, but the two less famous ones or not famous in, I think, the fifth brother's case, because I don't know him from anything, um, they host this show. And it, the premise is there's a house full of people who are all related to celebrities, but no one knows, including the Jonas Brothers, no one knows who the famous relatives are. And so the game is that each week, like through ch- a series of challenges, one person will be forced to guess who someone is related to. And if they get it right, the person leaves that they guessed. And if they get it wrong, they leave. So like they're all trying to figure out who each other are. And I just kind of like it because I'm like, who the hell are these people related to? And I'm like trying to play the game too because they only tell you uh like one or two at the beginning um like to us the fourth wall the camera so like we're all kind of in it too and um you know i like finding out celebrities have weird relatives that we didn't know about uh what's the show called claim to fame claim to fame what's it on hulu but possibly abc i don't truly don't know the television network it's it looks on like Hulu. looks like it's looks like it's abc and abc okay. show, yeah it seems it's got abc vibes kevin and frankie jonas are the hosts okay i knew kevin frankie i'm sorry i don't know who you are but frankie is honestly kind of the funnier one so good for him mm-hmm. but i don't know that he does stuff i kind of think that kevin might be the one who had the reality show where he married the girl from jersey oh yeah uh, but Mary I, Jonas. I can't verify. Well, I mean, I could, I could Google it, but like, I can't Jenny, tell you right Jenny, now. Jenny would always talk about that Jonas Brothers Jersey wife that, uh, that she liked in the same way that, um, she would talk about Chris Wiseman's Jersey wife. I, yeah. I mean, that show was charming because it was kind of like, <laughs> you're a Jonas, but like also they were living very much the suburban life of, I think they found a house that was like, you know, less than $200,000. Like it was very much like relatable in a way mm-hmm. that I don't think many celebrity reality shows are. So, um, yes, uh, so, I think that's that one. Okay. That. So are you, are you up to date on claim to fame? Yes. There's only been one episode so far. So like, okay, so, it's very easy to get into. Okay. So I can read this headline about the show from two days ago and that's fine because this is the funniest headline I've read in a very long yes. time. This is from Yahoo. The headline is Chuck Norris's grandson kicked off Jonas Brothers new reality show for cheating. Yes. I mean, spoiler (laughs) alert. He was the first to go. (laughs) How did he cheat? Uh, He, I guess, smuggled his phone in. And you're not allowed. Uh, Yes, it was to look people up. I mean, he didn't. I don't know if that's uh, presumably that's what it was for. He didn't. Based on what I see, I've seen, like, spoil any, like, he didn't, I don't know if he was just bad at it, um, but he didn't, like, 
reveal anybody else's identity. So I don't know if he was cheating or just like texting. Um, but yeah, he brought his phone in. Um, but everybody thought he was related to Steven Spielberg. So it was kind of a cool reveal that it's like, nah, my uh, granddad's Chuck Norris. You know, Stevie Spiels was in the news today. Uh oh, what'd he do? He apparently, there's a rumor, and I don't know if this is true, but there's a rumor that Kevin Feige offered him Fantastic Four. Oh, fuck. Okay. But then that he turned it down. Wow. Because Only we can't Steven have nice Spielberg. Things. Only Steven Spielberg would be like, I'm too famous to do an MCU movie. I, I don't. I, I don't need your money. I would have thought he might have thought like, well, yeah, that's like another box I can check. Do one of, do one of them MCUs. <laughs> He's probably like, look, I've got Avatar 5 to figure out, so uh, I cannot be bothered with your superheroes. Oh, Megan, faux pas. It's James Cameron. Oh, shit. Yeah, come on. Um, I mean, Steven Spielberg is probably doing like a what, Titanic 2 or something. I don't Also, James Cameron. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Jurassic Park 7? I... There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's his franchise. Yes. Um, no, but I, anyway, I just thought that was, I thought that, I thought that'd been fun. But on the other hand, he's 75 years old and it's like, you know, maybe he just feels like, I don't have a, I don't, I don't really have a take on, on the Fantastic Four. I've got nothing to say here with these characters. Yeah. That's fair. Anyway, so, but you're enjoying, you enjoyed the first episode and, I did. I was a little disappointed. I'm like, oh, no, I have to actually wait a week to watch the next one. Um, Mostly because I am intrigued by who these people could be. I know who they revealed who, like, two of them were, two or Mm -hmm. three. So, like, largely I don't know who any of them are. And, like, I'm trying my damnedest, but I'm feeling like Jenny here where it's like, that face looks sort of familiar, but I can't tell you which actor it is. Because they're all, like, you know peripherally famous well not even peripherally famous but they're related to somebody famous and so you have like that layer of like you kind of look like this person but also maybe you just kind of look that way um i don't know i i like it because i think that's funny and interesting but and also they're playing mind games because essentially they have to not reveal like anything about themselves while also trying to have casual conversations with the people they live with Sounds pretty good. You know what? It's one of those, you can turn your brain off. It doesn't make you feel bad. It's all like, like, is the world burning? Sure. But like, are the two lesser Jonas's hosting this reality show with uh, celebrity relatives? Yes. I'm into it. I'm going to keep watching. The winning, the prize is $100,000, which I realized to me would like change my life. But I'm like, that's not the kind of cash celebrities have. <laughs> that is pocket change. So it, on, it's ABC. Like I could see if this was like made for Hulu, but this is a this is a broadcast show. It when I heard the prize money is one hundred thousand dollars, I was like, really? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, there was something about that that was so humbling. Where I'm like, okay, these people are like just like me. Like I would go on reality TV to get a hundred thousand dollars. I could use it. You know. How far is that going to go in Los Angeles? literally nowhere um (laughs) but like you know i feel like cool a hundred thousand dollars that would like that would give me a good few years of doing nothing 
Um, but yeah, that's that's the prize money. So wild into it. Cool. All right, claim to fame, Hulu and ABC. Uh, Jenny, do you do you want to um, do you want to uh, plug of the week? Okay, Jenny's asleep. Uh, <laughs> I will did. tell you. I will tell you uh, on Jenny's behalf. Uh, primarily, she has been rewatching Vanderpump Rules from the beginning, oh. and it's been a treat. And I know we, we've we've kind of like tried to get you involved a little bit, Megan, sending sending videos and pictures, and and uh, it's been it's been a very like nostalgic trip for me because um, it's it's truly one of my favorite reality shows of all time, at least the early years. It is so cuckoo bananas that I I love it like. <laughs> It's trashy, sure, but in a way that I crack up every time. And I've seen it. Jenny showed it to me. So when you show, like, send pictures and clips, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened. I love it. I love reliving it with you. Uh, Tom Sandoval, my God. What a, what a character. Um, Stasi, she's um, a total bitch. But, like, in a way I like I, – I like – when I believe it's like one of the first episodes where she just looks at Jax and says, I am the devil. <laughs> like, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> and you're, of course your arch nemesis, Kristen Doty. I hate her. She has no redeeming qualities and she's the worst person on earth. Pretty much. That's my stance. So, so that's, so that's <laughs> Vanderpump rules on Peacock. Uh, and that's all for us uh, for this week. We hit that, we hit that two hour mark. Uh, yeah. But we had fun. We had a lot of catching up to do after no show last week. So, Hell yeah. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, for Jenny and for Megan, I'm Andy. And you've been listening to The Elite Beat. E-Elite Beat. E-Elite Beat.